Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. episode 124 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the witch, the scary, scary, witchy creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and All That Good Shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back at Blog Talk Radio. And today I want to talk about all the scary things. Fear in the occult. I also, I have this thought in my head about, is there even an occult anymore? Because the occult means hidden or secret. And Nothing is hidden anymore. (laughs) Nothing is secret. You can go on Google and find just about anything. So I think that's – I'm not going to get into that all today. Um, But I actually did have a fear when the little blog talk radio lady was counting me in is that I have no notes. (laughs) So this is like – a scary, scary, scary episode for me because I'm just going to wing it, but I know that I have more than 30 minutes worth of stuff to say, so please forgive any ums that might happen. I tend to um a lot when I don't have any notes. I do have one little quote here that I'd like to share with you if I get on the subject that it applies to, but other than that, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. (laughs) And I... I was really excited when I decided to talk about the occult for the month of August. If you follow me anywhere, Facebook, here, there, YouTube, my website, Hippie Witch, you know that I've been working with themes. I'm probably just going to do that forever because I love the way you can dive in to a topic and really get into it and explore and keep the conversation going for an entire month. This just suits me so so well. So I don't see this ending anytime soon. So I was thinking about, oh, I'm going to talk about the occult in August. And then as it got closer, I noticed some of my own fears rising to the surface. As August was approaching, I was like, okay, hmm, (laughs) we're really going to do this. And I think For me, what was scary about talking about the occult is the fear of other people's reactions. And I thought that was so interesting because I'm a person that, you know, I'm pretty out there. (laughs) I say some pretty kooky things and put myself out there on the Internet. But, I mean, I could go so much farther. You only see what I want you to see. And I only share what, you know, I'm, I usually step slightly outside my comfort zone, but there's like an ocean <laughs> beyond that that I could explore. And 
I'm choosing this month to have some special guests on the show so I can explore some of these topics without fear. I can let them be the experts on it. But I've had a lot of my own personal experiences with the occult, so maybe that will, like, pop out here, there, and everywhere. And when I say the occult specifically, even though it technically means things that are hidden, I'm thinking of maybe some of the darker aspects of magic and some of the things that the light and love crowd might not be so hip to. I invited, for example, I am a huge fan of Jeremy Crow. I just like him. I've been watching him for years, and this is something that I actually talked about. I did an episode here called The Left-Hand Path, Naughty or Nice, where I was exploring, like, hey, you know, what do you guys think about this? Because I actually started to, as I was listening to him, Jeremy Crow is a Luciferian. He practices the left-hand path. And he's the first person who I ever heard talk about that in a way that made sense. (laughs) And so when I heard him talk about it, it was so interesting the way it actually reminded me of the law of attraction and it's interesting how many people get into the law of attraction that have this like light and love and it's all good and you have to be positive but those are the very people that might be a little frightened of someone that calls himself themselves a luciferian so i invited jeremy on to the show uh, to do it in, I think a video interview is what we're going to end up doing. And he said yes this morning, and I was running around my house like my ass was on fire. I was so excited and scared at the same time. (laughs) Oh, excited because I love him, and I can't wait to talk to him. I think he's super smart, but scared of what you all are going to think. So I don't know. I guess we'll just talk to Jeremy and find out. And I kind of want to push myself that way this month and invite people on that I love that I may have in the past not have shared with you because I wasn't sure what you would think. And another one of those people I have not invited on, and it's really bugging me that I can be such a superficial asshole (laughs) because the whole reason I'm afraid to invite her on my show is the way she looks. And I'm going to invite her on, or I wouldn't be talking about it right now, but that is Lori Cabot. I have spoken about this in the um, Google Hangouts, the private Google Hangouts that I've done specifically with my friend Sandy Willis, but for the Psycho Spiritual Wheel of the Year, I talked about it when I did a book nerd post on Lori Cabot's book, The Witch in Every Woman, because I never even read anything that Lori Cabot wrote because of the way she looks. She wears all black, and her hair is like big, like ratted um, hair metal style hair, and then she wears this super black eye makeup, like big black eye makeup, and then she has, I think she has two now, but for the longest time she has a giant tattoo on her face. And so I just, I did not think that she was a person for me. And then come to find out, she taught Christopher Pinzak, the science of magic. And Christopher Pinzak is one of my greatest teachers. I've learned a ton from him. And I'm like, well, she's one of my favorite teachers. Teachers, I need to learn about this woman. And come to find out, she has the biggest heart. And she is the sweetest person. And she is so smart and has so much to offer and there would not be 
modern day witchcraft in the same flavor that we have today if there had been no Lori Cabot. So whether she agrees to come on my show or not, if she hears this, she might be offended, but I'd actually like to ask her about her appearance. I've heard her talk about it before. And it's really interesting the the reason why she dresses that way. And I'd really love to have her explain that to you. And, um, you know, so I'd like to challenge myself and step outside my comfort zone. And I'm inviting you now. I'm asking you now, please go with me on this ride in August. Let's explore the occult. Let's listen to some people that we might not usually listen to and hear what they have to say. And I promise you the people I'm inviting on are super kick-ass. These are beautiful people. Um, But, you know, I think I do sometimes hide behind my hippie, happy witch facade of fear of what you might think if I really let my freak flag fly. And I think really in the back of my mind, and I say this because this shows up in my dreams all the time, (laughs) I'm really afraid of my family um, because, as you know, I come from a family of Christian missionaries and they don't love what I do. We have a kind of... Don't ask, don't tell policy, but I always wonder, you know, are they spying on me? (laughs) And what will they think if if they do just decide one day to check out what I do? And there's an interview with Lori Cabot, and she's wearing the black, and she has the tattoos on her face, and what will they think? And I think just in making myself vulnerable here and sharing my own fears with you, What comes to mind for me is that old saying, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And what's really scary is fear. Other people act very strange when they're afraid. We act strange when we're we're afraid. But racism, homophobia, all kinds of violence, emotional violence, physical violence, sexual violence is born of fear. and, you know, one of the scariest moments, I don't know why my throat is deciding to sound like a frog all of a sudden. I'm possessed! Oh, my God! (laughs) It happened. I knew talking about the occult, a demon was going to take over my soul. I have been warned about that. I'm not going to tell you who warned me about that because it was a family member, and I love this person dearly, but I was told that my intelligence was kind of a, a curse. Curse was not the word used, but that there's a curse in being intelligent because it's a it's a door for the devil to get in, for Satan to get in. Because if you're too intelligent, you question things. And if you question things, it's going to just take you right out of the light of the Lord. And it's an invitation for possession, <laughs> literally. But one of the scariest things that ever happened to me wasn't in playing around with the occult. It was actually a Christian thing. The book of Revelation is the scariest book ever written. (laughs) Some have said it's the work of a madman, but um, there's a movie called Left Behind. I think it's been remade in recent years, but uh, I was made to watch that when I was a child. I've talked about my experience with this before, so I'll just quickly give you the cliff notes, but... To make a long story short, in this movie Left Behind, which is based on the book of Revelation, everybody wakes up one day and the Christians are gone. 
They have disappeared because it is prophesied that one day God is going to come take all the Christians and all hell is going to break loose here on earth. It's going to be Armageddon. It's going to be scary, 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 bad, worse than your worst nightmares, except I think it's a hundred Christians will be left behind. And for those that are left behind, I guess they're supposed to guide you know, the rest of the people, you have one last chance to get into heaven. But the way it's presented in this movie is if you don't get the mark of the beast tattooed on on your hand or your forehead, you're going to be decapitated, <laughs> put in jail, and then decapitated with a guillotine. This was way too much information for me when I was however old I was, fourth grade maybe, somewhere around there. And um, I woke – I didn't wake up. I was – Oh, gosh. Making a long story short, I thought God came, took all the Christians, and I was left behind. And I was in pure terror. It was in the middle of the day. I thought I was one of the 100 Christians left behind. I started going through the phone book and calling. First, I called the pastor, Pastor Ed, because if Pastor Ed was here, I knew I was safe, and he didn't answer his phone. So I you know, went through the church directory calling every good Christian I could think of, and no one was answering the phone. I finally got a hold of one of my mom's friends who lived in the neighborhood, and I'm sure I scared the crap out of her, and I was like, oh, my God, Marlene's going to hell, too. (laughs) And then I went and I locked myself in the bathroom, and there are no words to convey the absolute terror that I experienced laying on the bathroom floor, but it was like pure hot flashes and sweat, adrenaline, I was just a little kid planning like how I was going to try to get like canned goods and escape up into the mountains. And it was heavy duty. And that is the power of fear. And I personally believe that fear is placed in the hearts of young children in order to control them. And that that is the power of religion, the powers of religion to control. And I think perhaps, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think what maybe people like Jeremy Crow or people who are attracted to Luciferianism and, you know, left-hand path ideas and stuff, I think what they're interested in is liberation from that kind of fear. Because um, I'm hoping to convey this and speaking to Jeremy, he's a dad. He's like crazy about his wife. He is a patron of the arts. And he's just this really interesting, sweet person. He's not dark. He's not evil. It's like he's not even just like a greedy guy. He's actually a really sweet person who's concerned about his community. So I think it's about liberation and liberating yourself from that kind of fear more than it is getting all the stuff. And the one quote, the one note that I have for today is kind of on that theme It's by Peter J. Carroll um, from a book on chaos magic. And he says, it is a mistake to consider any belief more liberated than another. It is the possibility of change which is important. Every new form of liberation is destined to eventually become another form of enslavement for most of its adherents. There is no freedom from duality on this plane of existence but one may at least aspire to choice of duality. 
And I think when I hear duality in this context of what I'm talking about, not necessarily what he was writing about, I'm thinking about light and dark, good and bad, positive and negative. If you only embrace the light, if you completely deny the dark, you lose your choice. You lose your freedom. You lose your liberation. You lose your power to choose. So in embracing, for example, a left-hand path, it's not necessarily that I'm going to go out into the world and be a greedy fuckhead. It's (laughs) I am going out into the world and I am acknowledging and embracing my power to choose. And I may choose to use that power for the good of all. And many people who walk that path do make that choice. So that is so interesting to me. Um, And it's also really interesting for me to think about, there's a little tagline in my introduction here on the radio show where I say, magic with a K meets the law of attraction. And it's funny how I will, you know, people who are into the law of attraction who aren't necessarily into magic will find me And I've grappled with leaving that in place. And sometimes I kind of, I go through periods where I'm really into like Abraham Hicks and the law of attraction. I mean, if you listen to any Abraham Hicks live on YouTube, there's like a million clips. There's something really inspiring about it that actually does get you kicking ass in your life, you know, and I'll get on a roll with that. And Law of Attraction was my introduction to magic. But then I'll also get into phases where I'm just so deeply into the occult and magic. And I'm like, oh, pish, all that Law of Attraction stuff. (laughs) But the most interesting time is when the two touch. And I realize they're the same thing. And that that the Law of Attraction is really just a very simple presentation of how magic works. And it's all you need to know to do magic. You could live a very magical life. You could manifest all kinds of interesting things intentionally if all you ever learned was the secret or the law of attraction as presented by Abraham Hicks. That is enough. I personally enjoy learning about all the different systems. Tarot is my favorite system to learn. I think it's fascinating. I've been layering astrology on top of that a lot this year and making the connections between the two. I'm sure at some point I'll get into the Kabbalah, but, you know, one thing at a time. These are complicated, complex systems, and I actually happen to think you're doing yourself a disservice if you just kind of skim over the surface of all of them um, rather than going deep. So I personally preferred to spend years learning tarot before, you know, I had an interest in astrology and I dabbled in astrology, but this year I've really, really delved deep into understanding how to read a birth chart and, you know, what all the different planets mean and all the different aspects. And it's exciting. It's fun to learn, but I don't think you need to know all that to do magic. I just think it can enhance your magic and make it a little bit more fun. I think that learning the bells and whistles of the craft, as in, you know, the old religion, the old ways, learning, you know, the symbolism of a cauldron, for example. You don't need to use a cauldron to practice magic. 
But that symbolic gesture of perhaps lighting something on fire and putting it in the cauldron, it has its a special energy to it. It speaks to the deeper part of your yourself, your psyche, that just mere language and thought can't necessarily touch. And since so many of us are head cases and all up in our heads, getting into ritual is a great way to bypass, I guess, you know, the monkey mind, all the like tick, 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 tick chatter in your mind that actually stops the flow of the law of attraction. I noticed there's definitely a kind of, I didn't mean to get into talking about this, and man, the time flies, um, but I, I'll just quickly say, I noticed there's a kind of like beginner's luck thing that happens with law of attraction. Like when people first get into it, it works like gangbusters. It is so damn exciting. And then people start to get in their way. They start to overthink things. They, you know, And then that's when your mind starts getting in your way. And that's when I think it's interesting maybe to take a step into not, maybe not necessarily like ceremonial magic, but rituals. And some of the bells and whistles that some of us associate with magic with the K because it allows you to escape that monkey mind and keep yourself in the flow. I did a book nerd post once on a book called The Secret Source by Maja Doust. And I would love to have her on the show, by the way. I have not been able to make that happen, but I have tried. Maybe I can get her on for this. I'll try again to see if I can get her on in August, because she'd be an amazing person to talk. She has practically an encyclopedic, <laughs> like it, she has an encyclopedia in her mind tracing the entire history of the law of attraction and a real understanding of magic. And she's like the quintessential book nerd, but she's actually the secret source, that book. It's a good, if you go to my website, just put in the search bar, the secret source or Maja. M-A-J-A, and it should come up, and you can read some quotes and read what she had to say about that. But she's basically saying what I just said. <laughs> the law of attraction is magic, and hers kind of comes with a bit of a warning, um, which I don't know how I feel about that. Because I, I, part of me, I've had experiences with the occult that we're not born of fear, but they scared the crap out of me anyway. So it's kind of the chicken or the egg. If you warn people, are you setting them up to be fearful? If you don't warn them, are you being irresponsible? You know, because you need to tell people if you put your hand in the fire, you might get burned. I don't know what I think. I'm not really sure. And I change my mind about that all the time. I do believe our emotions are both cumulative and magnetic. They're cumulative in the way that, you know, love builds on love. Good feelings create more good feelings. Fear builds on fear. More, you know, fear leads to more fear. And then they're magnetic as in like attracts like. So fear attracts more fear. You know, they say worry is praying for what you don't want. And sometimes that is true. <laughs> so um, I believe our emotions are magnetic and that is this equally applies to both emotions born of love and emotions born of fear. So if you're a fan of the law of attraction, you might have heard of Abraham Hicks, the rampage of appreciation, where you sit there and you basically just 
get into like this amazing feeling state by listing things that you are grateful for. And in doing that, you're getting yourself into the vortex of attraction. You're getting yourself into the flow and you're creating that like attracts like experience intentionally. But I do believe that whole idea of worrying is praying for what you don't want. It can do the same thing, but then it becomes like a rampage of doom. (laughs) Um, I have a personal example of this. Ouija boards, Ouija, however you want to say it. Let's just say Ouija boards, okay, spirit boards, whatever. I had a Ouija board from an old boyfriend that he, he left it in my apartment, and then I didn't see him for years and years and years, but I still had this Ouija board. We've all probably seen the scary horror movies where the Ouija board becomes possessed. You've heard all the warnings, you know, never play with them because you can invite demons in and evil spirits and things like this. But one day, something possessed me, and I wanted to play around with this Ouija board. And it was like the old, I think, Fisher-Price, just it was like a children's toy, you know, but they, they made it look fairly scary, especially if you've seen any horror movies. It's always that one that they use. It's that old one, you know. It's the innocent teenagers that bust it out and then unleash all hell in their lives. So I decided to play with it by myself. And I can see I'm running out of time, so to make a long story short, I scared the crap out of myself. You may know that my biological dad died before I was born. His name was Joe. And I was really tripped out because I was playing with this Ouija board. And if you're, play, if you're using a Ouija board with other people and it starts to move, there's a part of you that can always be like, oh, well, she's just moving it. I'm, you know, this isn't really happening. When you're in a room all by yourself and it starts to move, <laughs> it's pretty compelling. And, you know, I was doing that and it was moving around and spelling words and all the hairs were like standing up on me and I decided to find out who it was I was talking to and it started to spell out Joe. And it didn't get very far. I think we got to J, and we were on our way to O, and I was just like, whoa, spooked off my bed, packed that sucker up, ran outside with it, threw it in the dumpster, and then spent way too many days worried that I had opened up some portal to hell. Because <laughs> in my mind, I was, I was like, you know, they say that demons will sometimes pose or just even, not even demons, just lesser spirits, negative spirits, or even just mischievous spirits will pose as someone you know and trust and love. Or, You know, I didn't know if it was really Joe who was talking to me or if it was someone from the other side who, like, knew that about me and was fucking with me. So I scared the crap out of myself. <laughs> So I do think that there's something to this idea of perfect love and perfect trust. Because where fear is present, I do think you can kind of invite in something negative, even if it's just a projection of your own mind. You can just scare yourself in that way. Um, But then again, it's like that chicken or egg theory because I had a negative kundalini experience as well where I was experimenting with raising kundalini energy, and that was – it hurt me physically. I actually physically hurt myself, and I don't have time to get into that 
story today, but it was very weird and very scary, and something moved my body in a very violent way that hurt hurt my neck and um, scared me to death, but I didn't approach it in a scary way. I wasn't afraid of it when I started, but then I was afraid of it after that happened. So, um, you know, I did a BizWitch coaching call recently with a very light, sweet, pixie-ish yoga instructor who actually specializes in kundalini. And when I mentioned that experience to her, she sounded genuinely surprised. (laughs) And I was surprised that she was surprised because after that happened to me, I got a book called Kundalini Rising. And in that book, there are many warnings about kundalini how raising kundalini energy before you're ready for it or, you know, if you're not working with an instructor who knows what to expect, that you can hurt yourself or you can have a scary experience. So, again, it's that idea, like, am I being responsible in telling people about that? Being like, hey, heads up, you could hurt yourself doing this. Or am I instilling fear to where now when you do decide to raise kundalini energy, you're just going to... Um, gee whiz, you know, I noticed um, blog talk is cutting me off. I used to be able to talk past the warning for a minute or so, but I'm not able to anymore. So I guess I'll just end this here and say I'm super excited to talk about the occult. I hope you will go into this in perfect love and perfect trust with a super open heart and mind and listen to what these guests have to say just in the spirit of fun. Let's like see how the other half lives. Let's see what these new fresh people have to say and just out of curiosity i think it'll be really um a neat month and i'm excited just to experience as a witness alongside of you so until we meet again have a beautiful week i will talk to you soon much love peace